Hello, everyone. It's Nicholas from the Prairie Farm Podcast. Right now, we are sending out an urgent plea to all Iowa listeners. There is a bill right now that is going to the floor this week or possibly in the next week, and it is labeled SF-516. And this bill, while it has a lot of good things in it, would basically say that no state-founded money could be used to acquire public land. It is a problem because almost all of the remnant prairie in Iowa is found on public lands. Obviously, we don't want to tell you what you should think or what you should do with different bills, but go and check it out, SF516. You can check it out on legis.iowa.gov. That's legis.iowa.gov. And on there, you can also find your representative. If you feel strongly about this bill, as we do, send them an email, let them know how you feel and how you as the voter are recommending that they vote. Again, that's legis.iowa. .gov. The bill is SF516. And if you are doubting that your voice has any say, please check out our most previous episode, episode 36, with Ryan Callahan from Mediator Podcast. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Coffee time, Wednesday. Welcome back to Coffee Time Wednesday. It is your best 15 minutes of your week, possibly our worst. We're not sure. Guys, <laughs> I had a rough morning. Man, I'm tired. Just got back from Alabama. And uh, and what, that was a tiring trip. It was a really good trip, but it was very tiring. And then our car started breaking down the last 100 miles. And so we just found out we're going to have like a giant car bill, which is, which is also okay. But I'm tired, guys. And I skipped breakfast to be here. Um, but you know what the trifactor is for making, uh, I think most men like down in the dumps, what (laughs) car problems, which directly correlate into the next one, which is financial problems. And then third, when you can no longer feel one of your ribs, (laughs) When when you're getting poorer. Which one of those which, and less reliable in your transportation? Which one of those are you, you just start with, to Ken? you start to feel depressed. So as long as you can keep at least one of those three things out of the red one of area, your six ribs is showing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. That's then, all uh, you need. Then you then you can be feeling pretty good. I, I imagine you know if you have like uh, rocky relationships or something like that, that could probably. Be I don't know. Well, I was down in Alabama and and I lost some ribs down there. <laughs> I ate a lot. He ate ribs to lose ribs. Oh man! Well, look, guys, your favorite co-host Nicholas Lero, your favorite co-host. No, wait. <laughs> No, Kent is the Wake co-host. up, I'm Nick. The, Wake the, up. Hi, right, this is your host, Peyton Scandridge, <laughs> my co-host, Nicholas Lirio, and my other co-host, Kent Boucher, all here. Thank goodness Peyton's All right, here. Peyton, you take over. All right, as the host, uh, did you guys hear about the the giant-ass blob of seaweed headed towards Florida? No, That's but right. I'm here We're for it. Learn about seaweed We need some waterbenders to fight that thing. Sorgasm? I, no one? No one? It's a real thing. What? Pa- <laughs> apparently... There's a huge issue right now because I don't know of all you, you know, young college aged individuals that went on spring break to Florida this year. I was not one of them. We're all in our mid forties here. <laughs> Kent's in his eighties. Grandpa Kent, everybody. Peepaw yeah, Kent. Peepaw Kent. Still, still in, Kent Pa. I can, I can still count more ribs than these two put together. <laughs> these desk jockeys. All right. Anyways, 
Yeah, everyone but Kent, you know, that went on <laughs> Florida vacations. Um, I go to Florida to get away from the cold weather. <laughs> may have noticed some really stinky seaweed. Um, and that is not all of it because there's a lot of it coming, I guess. Why Why is there a giant blob? Where's it coming from? So um, it's got a lot to do with currents and everything, but apparently it blooms every summer. And this year is the biggest bloom ever. Um, hmm. A lot of... Not mystery, but there's not a lot of like research on it. Um, so naturally, of course, the the obvious cause is global warming. You know, the scapegoat for everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Must be global warming. It's a hoax. Um, it's not. <laughs> global warming is real, but it's coming, and it it probably costs millions of dollars to move. If you don't move wow. it, it kind of leaches into the ground, and it's toxic. So uh, yeah, seaweed's toxic. Well, this this stuff. If you let it sit around, it's like oh. you can use it as fertilizer, but you probably need like 1,600 dump trucks to actually get it off the beach. Wow. So it's, this so blob is, is twice the width of the U.S. So some... What? It's massive. What? Twice the width of the U.S.? That's like half the Pacific Ocean. Brother, I, I'm just reading what CNN told me. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. First of all, we don't we don't support CNN or Fox News. <laughs> Uh, but big, we do read them sometimes. Big CBS News guy over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> if you want real news, come to Coffee Times Wednesdays. Yeah. So uh, this is just me, uh, you know, I just knowing enough to be dangerous here. But the the red tide, right? That's a back or that's a uh, algal bloom. That's, no, that's that, an old movie. football team. That's an old movie. Well, where do you think they where got the, the team name from? So it's a it's a real. So no, you're thinking of you're thinking of. Uh, Sean Connery's uh uh shoot. Wait, are red you thinking October. of Red Sky where but, the No <laughs> red, no no not not Red October. You're thinking of that movie where the people invade the West Coast and people have to fight back. That's Red Dawn. No Red Dawn, that's what I was no, thinking. No, no, no. Yeah. That's the movie uh with uh Prince Caspian and they're on the, the ship. And... <laughs> no, that's Narnia, man. You're now what's that one called? The Silver Dawn? <laughs> no, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. The... No, there that's... we go. So here's here's so red tide <laughs> is a real thing. It's a biological thing where there's this huge algal bloom. And I think it's related to cyanobacteria. Uh, that is a, I believe is technically a bacteria, not an algae, but behaves like an algae. And uh, if you take in some of these uh, algal blooms, they give off a toxin in them that uh, causes liver failure in uh, oh, mammals. Beautiful. And uh, like, so dogs in the summertime, if they like jump into like a really uh, uh, mossy pond, like, uh, you know, it's got a huge algal bloom on it, like just that matted moss on the top. Uh, and they start drinking that water. Those dogs will uh, get very sick. Or, and a lot of times Basically like die. years of drinking too much alcohol. No, 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 no. Roll Tide like, baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Causing liver failure in that way. This is like sh very short term though. Like dog jumps in the pond, laps up a bunch of water, dead by night. Uh, so, wow. so I'm wondering if that, that, well, although you called it seaweed. I don't though. think so because this stuff has, so it's, it's toxic. Oh, I just lost it. If it's, it's seaweed, it's not algae. It's got arsenic in it, um, which is no bueno. And it emits... Uh, emit, emits some sort of gas. Brother, speak into your microphone. I, am I not? Okay. No, no. Oh, man. 
That's pretty well, interesting. Yeah. I, it's, so it's wild. Where I, does it come from originally? Like the middle of the ocean? I think it comes from the middle of the ocean. There's wow. a, I read a whole article on how they like try to sink it and everything and how actually sinking it into the ocean can help um, kind of reduce the carbon problem. I heard that uh, like 90% of the Earth's oxygen has been reproduced by uh, seaweed. Or like maybe it's 90% of plant-based oxygen comes from seaweed. I don't know uh, if that's true or not. How much? But a lot of that would be. Oh, this emits um, hydrogen sulfide gas. Which is toxic and can cause respiratory problems. Oh, that's interesting. So, so it's not it's not an algae though. It's like a kelp or a okay. It okay, says algae. I don't know. Oh, According so it is to algae. Okay. Marine Conservation Society, seventy percent of the oxygen produced here on the Earth comes from seaweed. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and apparently it's not great for like marine wildlife either because if it rots and decays, then it. Leeches, a lot of that stuff in so something water. the size of the United States. I, I don't know if it's the size. It's wide. It's real wide. It could be like a giant little. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. just think of the scale, though, too. Just the amount of our surface area that is ocean yeah. compared to I mean, we have land. a trash island that is massive. Yeah, like all the plastic bottles and stuff that have kind of yeah come together yeah yeah it's uh that's that is pretty wild but i don't know under i the ocean freaks me out guys just like i can't watch videos of whales or sharks yo on a like super serious note one of my favorite conspiracies is that there's a that there's an island right between um the united states and china like just a massive island that no one's ever gone to because no one travels in the ocean ever so it's just a well-kept secret hmm but like cruise lines yeah, but you know they'll just they'll tell you where they're going. You don't know where they're at. I feel like that that's actually like, a conspiracy. Like if you got off a plane and landed in China, <laughs> how do you know you're in China? Next week, Peyton's <laughs> going to tell us about this planet that is actually flat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Wait, wait, Peyton, you're you're hosting. Sorry. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Nick. Yeah. What do you wanna yeah. Talk we'll about we'll next? go. With, we'll go with me. We'll go with me. I got some good things to share. Actually, mine's much less exciting maybe sexy if you will uh then peyton's mine is about pastures so there's this giant push recently i was just in alabama and actually before i went to alabama i got a call from alabama asking about native pastures for cows and sheep and goats and things like that so i've been doing a deep dive on things that are good for cows and goats and sheep and horses in the in pastures and it's so interesting did you know that a big reason we even have like brome and stuff like that in our pastures today is because back when farmers were removing big blue stem, it was so hard to remove. Kent knows this. He's had to dig out big blue stem. It's so hard to move like 10 foot roots that, uh, that they refused to put it back down. They like mm. wouldn't do it. So they put down brome and other things that they knew they could put down. And, and so, uh, and I think they're like brome would just spread and it's, well, it's cool season. So coming out of winter when your food well, supply is low. So the the cool se- there are cool season prairie species, but brome has much higher tonnage than that. So that's kind of why they stuck with this. And then, but people were having issues in the middle of summer, right? I mean, they've been having these issues for decades. The middle of summer, they're like, well, what do we feed our cows? We have to like bring in hay or something like yeah. that. But if you would just mix cool season and warm season grasses, you you get that fix. And that seems like so like 
so obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, Buffalo were doing it for thousands of years, and yet we weren't there. So I've been doing a lot of research. Also, flowers. Flowers are hard because things that are toxic to horses aren't toxic to cows. Nothing's toxic to goats because mm-hmm. they can't tell the difference between bark and a shoe. So Sheep, if you look at them wrong, they could just die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they, they need a shepherd. I, I, when the Bible talks about us being sheep, I'm not convinced it's a compliment. So, so it, it's actually pretty hard to make like a one-size-fits-all for for these things and and most of our mixes we have an all native uh mix but most of our mixes are some like introduced cool season like brome and a little bit of those things with switchgrass and big blue stem and things that that they really like but uh the thing that i found very interesting was some of the flower species and how they're toxic to animals like there's one i can't remember what it is but it basically makes horses poop for days straight they like can't stop pooping their innards because of these flowers. And so it's considered toxic. But you ask anybody else, you ask Joe Rogan, that's called a cleanse. So I don't know. <laughs> you, but uh, I've been doing a lot of research. If you guys need native uh, mixes for your pasture, hit us up. We've got them. They're interesting. I've done a lot of research. Hawksynativeseeds.com slash pasture mixes. You're, yeah. you remember species that, that uh, um, undercooked chicken? <laughs> overcooked fish <laughs> um so i remember uh blazing star was po- was toxic for something i remember that black-eyed susan like animal so most animals actually understand what's toxic to them and they just won't eat it except for goats because again they don't know the difference between a plant and a shoe I don't, I don't know if toxic dude they, they, yeah for real um but uh, so horses are the most fickle. That's why in a horse pasture, they don't actually like trample everything like cows. Cows cows are the dumbest. They'll just eat anything. And for cows, it's mostly legumes will bloat them. But those are like legumes, mostly introduced legumes that you're used to feeding deer, like clover and and, <clears throat> and soybeans and things like that. But legumes <coughs> such as round-headed bush clover or lead plant, things like that. Um, purple prairie clover, those actually don't cause bloating, but there's such a common, there's such a common consensus that anything that's a legume causes bloating in cows, whereas studies would show otherwise. And, and I was, um, a big place I was getting, it was, um, I believe it's called the Missouri Prairie Center. They just do research. There's just 501c3 that does lots of research on prairie. Really like them. Like, that's a real medical condition that happens to, uh, um, like, uh, cows where they eat too much of something that causes them to bloat so severely that it, like, ruptures their digestive tract. And, uh, Wait, Ken. Yeah. You're not, you're not talking. Oh, who's got mic issues now, Ken? Oh. <laughs> oh. oh so, oh, I don't know when Ken ruptured out, but uh, you're back, Ken. You're, uh... Uh, Kent was gone. Grandpa he was Kent, gone for Kent a while. Technology. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, well, I just got Peyton's usual mic, so that's why it's got problems. But I'm probably gonna sound like Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks, like Nick that one time. That's probably this mic, dude. It might be. We we need to mark the mic. But um, no. Uh, my grandpa, who was a longtime farmer, 
told me once that the phrase, when you use the phrase like, oh, I uh, am going to founder on those chocolate chip cookies, that was a real like dangerous medical situation for a grazer like a cow where they would bloat on so much gas and you would literally have to perform like a surgical deal where they would puncture into that, uh, I think it was in one of their stomach chambers and allow that gas to like seep out through the side of the cow through like a hose or, or, uh, uh some kind of steak or something that mm. vented them or they would Beautiful. literally die. Do they just blow around like a balloon then that you're like, <laughs> all I know is I would work? not, <laughs> I would not want to be downwind of that hose. That is, oh my that is for sure. But man, you could really prank somebody with that. But, no, so my thing that I had is uh, the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is the UN, uh, like, uh, how would you say it, like, think tank research group committee that's put together to study uh, climate change, uh, not just from, like, a one-nation standpoint, right? That's one of the biggest criticisms for people who uh, think that, climate change isn't a real threat is uh, or maybe they acknowledge that it's a threat but they don't really think that it's worthwhile that america try and make any improvements or adjustments because their argument is well we're just one country and look at all these other industrial nations that have way more people than we do and we can put all these restrictions and restraints on ourselves but if you know the people that are on the other side of the the planet uh, don't follow these same guidelines and we're just disadvantaging ourselves economically or, or you know, whatever, and, and things aren't going to get better. So the UN group, the IPCC, that's trying to get people from, you know, all nations that are belong to the UN coming together and trying to, you know, research the problem, provide education in that way, but then also come up with some solutions that uh, could start reversing this warming trend. And so uh, they just released their latest report, uh, I think uh, either last week or or this week, something like that, very, very recently. And um, uh, they've looked at how much warming has happened since, you know, the last given amount of time. I want to say the number six years uh, sticks out in my head, um, but uh, it wasn't listed. In, I read a couple different articles, and the latest one I read didn't list that number, so I might be off a little bit on that. But uh, they they looked at it and said, yes, there is a warming trend. The original target was that we not see a one and a half degree Celsius. What's which that is in American units? One, uh, one and a half degree Celsius. Why don't you uh, Google that real quick? Uh, that would be an easy conversion. 2.6. 2.6 Fahrenheit. That number sticks out in my head too, but I don't think so. Cells, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but the idea is trying to prevent a 1.5 degree Celsius uh, overall warming change from happening by the early 2030s. And the, the new report says that that's, is it, 2.7 2. 2. Okay. so 2.7 degrees fahrenheit and we can talk about that in just a second here i know i'm running a little long but uh the hope was to not go that far and we pretty much have 
have to abandon abandon that hope like we're gonna we're gonna cross that threshold and um uh the the so then you might think well that doesn't seem like that many you know 1.5 celsius or even 2.7 fahrenheit but think about it in in like this time of year the context of this time of year some of you probably have a little snow patch sitting around somewhere in your yard if you're in the midwest if you're up north you probably have a foot of snow uh if you're down south you haven't seen snow in a while but think about when you're at that transitional season time you could show up to like us you can show up to work here so yesterday showed up there's a bunch of snow and ice on our front uh like step in front of our office here we have this little porch by lunchtime yesterday every bit of that ice was gone the temperature had only gone up a couple degrees right but just that slightest of changes when you go past a freezing point into a melting point you see major change happen and so for our planet we have our polar ice caps which reflect much of the sun's uh light that hits our planet and then once it comes in as light energy it transforms into heat energy and warms our planet well if we get over that melting point for enough of our ice sheets then we see all that turn into liquid water which raises sea levels right but then also we lost some of our our mirror for reflecting that sunlight back into space so then we can see that temperature continue to climb as we have less and less reflective surface. And so as sea levels rise, we have greater, you know, compaction of populations. Everyone's got to move to high ground, right? And when you, the article talked about uh, roughly 1 billion people live in areas that are, you know, like island countries or are very, you know, like right at sea level, in some cases below sea level in some places on our earth. We can see what happened during Katrina down in New Orleans. And so all these people are going to have to move inland, which causes, you know, more hunger issues, more disease issues, and, uh, um, you know, just other social issues that come from people having to live right on top of each other. And so uh, the article talked about it, but the good news was they said we'd still have some time to – you know, if we can in the next 10 years try to get to a net zero for carbon emissions, meaning we have more like what we were talking about earlier with the seaweed, where you have something that's pulling in carbon dioxide and transforming it into oxygen and storing the carbon as plant tissue. So prairie roots, trees, uh, even uh, seaweed, although we don't want the negative, you know, noxious gases and toxins being given off by that so we want to see you know more of this carbon being pulled out of the atmosphere so that we can get to that net zero of carbon emissions and basically hold off this warming trend to prevent these other problems that was the saddest thing i've ever heard. that was very sad yeah we got one world guys so, so be careful how you live in it once again this is your host peyton for coffee time wednesdays joined with my it wizard nicholas and Science teacher turned metric conversion veteran, Kent Boucher. Kent, take us out. Ba -da -ba 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 -ba.